the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. The Horror Movie Podcast is listener-funded by fans like you at Patreon.com. You can find out more at Patreon.com slash The Horrible Movie Podcast. You're listening to the Studio DNA Network, studiodna.media. On today's episode, the Hendersons meet a bipedal creature just outside of Seattle on a camping trip. Was it really real? Are the Hendersons completely fictionalizing this encounter? Stay tuned today on the Horrible Movie Podcast, Unsolved Mysteries Edition. Well, Phil, welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast. Everybody, uh, come in and sit down. There's lots of chairs around here in the theater for you. Uh, we got some popcorn cooking up. Uh, Phil, other than Zots, because I see a bunch of Zots coming out of your pockets right now, mm-hmm. um, what kind of candy did you get from the concession stand? I like a malt ball, like a, you know, like a Whoppers or something yeah, like that. Whoppers? Yeah. so good. What's weird about Whoppers is you'll bite into them, and sometimes <laughs> they'll just be like a hollow cavern. Oh, I, know, I know exactly. Isn't what you're that weird? About. Yeah, I don't know how they those end up like that. I feel like, and then okay, so there's like three levels of Whoppers. There's the regular ones that you bite into; it's a perfect crunch. Yeah, like it's like it, it dissolves just enough when you bite into it. Then there's the one that has the cavernous hole in the side of the Whopper. Right. And then there's the really hard, hard ones. Hard ones, yep. That I you're know. like, I think I just <laughs> lost a molar because of these Whoppers. Yeah, and, and the hard ones have like no flavor to it at all. It's just like, I don't know. There's it's just, horrible. There's a rock in there, I think. It's real life. Horrible. <laughs> well, today's episode, we are talking uh, about Bigfoot. We're also talking, obviously, about Harry and the Hendersons, uh, 1987's award-winning movie. Maybe not award-winning. Um, maybe a movie. It's a movie. But It's a you, movie. Is it beloved? You know, I, I actually looked at some reviews like on IMDb. It, it's really hard to find like actual critic reviews from the 1980s on yeah, the internet. Agreed. But um, I, d- I found a lot of just like, you know, user reviews, just people that aren't, they don't criticize movies for a living uh, that said they really love this movie. They, they said they watch it with their kids once a year. Um, that is uh, people. I saw people using the word classic. Um, so yeah, I, I think probably a lot of, a lot of people like this movie. Two things about this movie. It is a 42, it has a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Um, and, 
it won an Academy Award. Are you serious? Best makeup. Is Can this you the believe fir- it? Is this the first movie that we've done on this podcast that actually get, was it? No, we Titanic. Did Titanic. Yeah, we've done so many <laughs> other movies of, uh, that that people are like it's the best. Yeah, I would do Avatar. I know people are. I w- that that won a lot of awards. Yeah, that won a lot of awards. I would do that one. I have no problem doing that one. And there's other movies we've done. But so Academy Award winning. Academy Award winning. Harry uh, Hendersons. But before we get into Harry and the Hendersons, uh, I showed you earlier the uh, Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot uh, film. This is from 1967. It's actually about a five minute film in actuality, but the clips you see online, folks, if you go to YouTube, type in Patterson Gimlin film, there's a bunch of things that have been, um, uh, a bunch of people have covered, uh, have covered uh, the Patterson Gimlin film. Uh, because it's uh, you know it's a, an alleged Bigfoot sighting, but in all actuality, uh, is it really a Bigfoot sighting? You know things like that. It's been around forever. Like when I when we were kids, we yes. used to watch or not maybe watch the video, but see the still shot of it. There's yeah, a very that, famous still shot. There's of a this. big, very very famous still shot of it, uh, and um, there is uh, just a lot of a lot of people have done um, uh, study and research on it. You had. Uh, uh, people that are in the film industry, even to break it down, you've had uh, people that have uh, witness uh, that that know about, you know, mammals or descendants or <laughs> different descendants of humans. I, I I'm 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 struggling well, through this, and I th- I feel like a lot of the conversation around the '80s and '90s when we were when we were kids was uh, missing link evolution, that kind of thing too. Like that was being promoted a lot. Well, and it's always around the Pacific, uh, Northwest. Uh, and, uh, it's always, uh, it's always thought of, uh, in that realm, um, that it's something out in the woods, which makes it a lot more, uh, believable. Yeah. Cause way out nobody there. goes out there. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a guy named, uh, there's a guy named Phil Hall, who recently wrote a book called The Weirdest Movie Ever Made, and it's about the Patterson-Gimlin film. About a five-minute video. Right, but it, he, it, he, he, he approaches this book from a serious... Uh, he, he breaks it down from a serious film, takes it seriously. He's very uh, neutral on it. Okay. Okay, does that make sense? How it was broke down, he got the re- did the research on the Gimlin, the Patterson-Gimlin side. Uh, Patterson is not alive anymore. The G- Gimlin is still alive. Uh but anyway, I found that really interesting. Available on on Amazon if you're interested. Does he give his opinion at all in the book? Do you know? Uh, he kind of stay away from it. I heard him talking on actually on Chris Jericho's podcast a couple weeks ago. Okay, about it. Very interesting stuff. Uh, but he um, he does not give his opinion because he was you know obviously trying to talk about his book when I was on there. Right. So you know he's trying to get you to read the read book. read the book. <laughs> yeah, let's read the book. So um, but that there are, there's are so there's things like that that have broken down. Uh, that video in general. When you watch that video, Phil, what did you think of it? I mean, it looks real. Like it, it really does look real. The because it's a nineteen sixty seven video camera, it's really hard. Like the the quality is not HD at all. So like it's it's a little blurry at times. Um, the obviously, and you can go on YouTube as we just did and see like stabilized versions of the video. The original video is just like incomprehensible. Like the the camera so is shaky. moving yeah so much that. It's hard to even see anything uh, with modern digital technology. We've been able to stabilize the video and show you just the creature as it as it walks across, um, and it looks real. But I mean, it could just be um, a person like in a 
in a mammal, like, like in a huge suit, you know? Like, right. Um, it's certainly walking normally, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not just a person in a, in a suit. Well, and I always wondered if that shaky cam stuff wasn't done to uh, cover up the fact that <laughs> this is a put-on thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, they definitely, it would have been very easy for them just to stage this, right? Yeah. And that's probably what Should most have people been. say. Yeah. Back then, though, it's so funny. Like, why would anyone want to make that up? Is what I always thought yeah. of. Like, why would you want to make this up? But it's like, why does anyone want to make anything up? Well, like, I mean, you said, you talked about Yeti before we started recording. You talked about uh, Yeti and other Sasquatch is Canadian, right? Yeah. Um, you know, other versions of the same type of thing in other cultures. Mm-hmm. I, my guess is they probably just wanted to drum up, you know, some something folklore for the local American. Yeah. Culture. Um, it's a video that was shot in Northern California. Extreme Northern California, close to the Oregon border. And um, again, it's been kind of uh, mulled over several times, several different ways. Uh, and uh, you kind of, I remember reading books uh, in elementary uh, that had that still shot of Bigfoot on the cover of it. Yeah. And uh, that visual, folks, of Bigfoot is kind of what we have all sort of been, uh, this, is, this is what Bigfoot looks like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it, it's like that that idea of this huge furry creature that lives out in the middle of nowhere. We did uh, Boggy Creek 2 mm-hmm. on this show, for actually for our 100th episode. And uh, it's similar. That's the Southern Sasquatch is what that one's called. <laughs> and there's like a lot of legends, legitimately legends uh, in the woods out there, uh, Southern Arkansas, about Boggy Creek Monster. Like it's a legitimate lore at least or legend uh you know that boggy creek movie the first one the the boggy creek uh the the legend of boggy it's called the legend of boggy creek it was a top 10 movie the year it came out in theaters was it a real legend i I don't remember no it's a real i mean it's a real legend like it was a legend some sort of swamp creature basically okay gotcha yeah like a swamp thing basically yeah like the swamp thing only it's, it looks like Sasquatch or whatever. But that movie we did is my one of my favorite movies of all time. Because it's like, it's so corny that it's really funny to me. Yeah. Just so lame. I love it. Anyway, there it is. Well, we're here today, folks, as you know, to talk about Harry and the Hendersons 1987's just, oh my gosh, just beautiful, beautiful movie. I mean, it won an Academy Award for makeup, Phil. That's something. That it sure is. <laughs> You're right, it sure is. Well, it's time, my friends, it's time for the details of the movie, the deets of the movie, Harry and the Hendersons. Woo, directed by William Deere. That's right, folks. Uh, Guess what else he directed? Angels in the Outfield. Oh, really? Back to back, William Deere, you are a deer, (laughs) because we got two movies. Back to back. (laughs) Count them one, two. Oh, yeah, William Deere is here, and he is here for you. And uh, we're going to make it happen, Captain. Uh, that's right. Produced by William Deere and Richard Vane. Written by William Deere. Okay. <laughs> and starring John Lithgow, Melinda Dillon, who's kind of a character actor from the 80s. Uh, uh, she, she is the mom in A Christmas Story. If you, if you, if you watch A Christmas Story every, every Christmas time. She is, isn't she? She's the mom. Yep. 
Well, very good. Um, as I was watching this movie, I was like, I have seen her in something, and I, like for a while there, I was thinking it was a Christmas Vacation, but the, I was like, no, no it's no, not no, Christmas no. Vacation. What is it? it and but I was very close. It's a Christmas Story. She is. She's in it, yeah. uh, and she's in several other things too. The Muppet, the original Muppet movie. Yeah, right. And Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, she's she definitely ha- had some screen time before this movie. Uh, Don Amechi is in this, uh, and he uh, is the. Sorry, I'm blanking on which character he is. Don Amechi is in this as well. Uh, David Suchet is in this. He's the French um, hunter. Oh, hunter Don Amechi is. Yes, he's the hunter. No, no, no. The uh, the, the next guy. David Suchet is the uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Sachet. There he is. Sachet or Sachet. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, then uh, so Margaret Langrit, Langrick, Lainey Kazan, and Kevin Peter Hall, and a cast of of thousands. So Kev- Kevin Peter Hall being the guy that was in the suit for, uh, for Harry. Yes. Do you, do, do you know anything about him? I, I only know because I looked it up. Uh, very little about him, actually. Um, so he, I mean, rest in peace, he, he died um, actually in 1990 or 1991. Um, uh, he was seven foot three. Woo! Yeah, naturally. And then He's with, a big dude. With the suit, he was eight foot tall. So we'll tell you more about him after the break. Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're back. Folks, thanks for tuning in to the Horror Movie Podcast. This week we're talking about Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, producer Phil and I are uh, just breaking it down. Um, and we are talking Bigfoot. We're also talking about our friend Harry and the Hendersons. Tell us a little bit about Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah, I did some research on this after watching the movie last night. Um, he, he, Like I said, he was seven foot three, uh, eight foot with a suit on. Um, and so he got cast, like, because of his height and because he was going into acting, he got typecast as a lot of um, monsters in monster movies and uh-huh. stuff like that because they would just put him in a suit and then he could be whatever menacing creature they wanted him to be. He was in Predator. He was in both of the, I think, Predator 1 and 2, right? It's crazy. Um, yeah, Predator uh, 1 in the same year, in 1987, uh, and then Predator 2 in, in 1990 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, yeah. Um, yeah, chances are, like, if you were watching a, you know, a... Um, uh, he was in Misfits of Science, Monster he was in, Big in the Big Top Pee-wee. Yeah. <laughs> and he was in uh, one of my favorite shows, Star Trek Next Generation. For yeah, a bit. probably as some like huge monster creature. So like he did just, just a lot, because of his height, just a lot of monster type roles um, yeah. in, the, in the 1980s. He so. was considered for the role of Geordie LaForge on, on Star Trek Next Generation before they gave it to LeVar Burton from TV's Reading Rainbow. It's quite a, a height difference. Slightly. Um, but yeah, he, he actually died way before his time when in his mid thirties because, um, he got in a car crash in 1990 and ended up dying a year later because, um, blood transfusion and AIDS like back then was just not what it is today. Unbelievable. And like, I guess he got some infected blood or whatever. They saved his life. Ironically, they saved his life with a blood transfusion. But then that blood that they ended up giving him ended up killing him. Wow. It was so weird. You know, he was in the, there was a Harry and the Hendersons TV show in 1990. Yeah, and he was in that. He was he was he actually was in the suit in for that. that during that yeah during that uh, during when it, whenever he died. By the so. way, have you have you seen any of that show? Pretty bad. I remember watching it when I was little, but it was. I, pretty bad. I skimmed through like just the first three episodes. I'm, I'm talking like I watched like five seconds here, five seconds there. It is very sitcommy. It reminds me a lot of Alf. Yeah. Um. You know, like but, we, we got to hide. But in, this movie coming. reminds me a lot of Alf as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's, um, it is not in any way, shape or form the same type of thing as this movie. Like it is full on sitcom, like single, single camera from the side view type of thing. All slapstick hilarity. Yeah. It's, it's like, Oh, what's, what's he going to get into next? Or like, how are we going to hide him next from the neighbor that wants to come by? This week, (laughs) Harry gets a job as a, as a hair designer. But I do want to, and I, we'll have to probably watch it after the show, but, um, uh, in uh, episode number 16 of season one of that show, uh, guest uh, on the show, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, on the show. <laughs> so we'll have to watch that. So you that's can see awesome. Him. Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. In the house as Hacksaw? As, ha- as himself. I love yep. it. Uh, Boy Meets World had Big Van Vader on it, who's a wrestler as well. Okay. Which I thought was really funny. Anyway, wrestlers, man. Yeah. They're all over the place. Uh, Harry and the Hendersons, though, uh, just to finish up some deets real quick, uh, it's a uh, Universal Pictures film, Amblin Entertainment. Amblin is the company that brought you E.T. Um, uh, is that Spielberg's company? Spielberg's yeah. joint. And, yeah. so, uh, and then uh, release date of June 5th, 1987. Summer blockbuster. blockbuster. Summer blockbuster. A budget of $10 million and a box office of $50 million. Did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I remember wanting to watch it. I absolutely remember wanting to watch uh, this thing and it was filmed uh, in Washington State in and around Seattle okay pretty cool uh, well very good uh, let's do this uh, what, do you want to do 30 seconds synopsis I do I'm I ready. want to hear it um, I want to hear this 30 second synopsis from producer Phil uh, it's the greatest uh, segment you've ever heard in radio and here's what I'm going to tell you right now Phil if you do not complete 30 seconds synopsis in the appropriate amount of time, you have to take Harry home with you to your house. And your wife and your child are going to have to deal with the hilarity that ensues when you brought a Bigfoot home to be part of your family. I thought you, I thought you were going to say that I have to live with the Hendersons well, for the rest of my let life. Me, but let I'm me not sure you, which one is worse. Before you do 30 seconds synopsis, let me ask you this question. Uh, not ask this question, but let me tell you this. According to science, Bigfoot doesn't exist. When you can't believe your eyes, trust your heart. Oh That's my. the taglines on the uh, poster. Sappy. Sasquatchy. So Sasquatchy scenario. All right, 30 seconds synopsis. Producer Phil in the house. Harry and the Hendersons can't beat it. Join it. Ready and go. So the Hendersons are out driving. They're on a camping trip. And on their way back home, they end up uh, road killing basically this huge mammoth uh, Bigfoot type th- person. Um, they think they've killed it, so they put it on top of their car and they drive it home. And they're thinking about making some money off of it, and they end up uh, determining that he's not—he's ev- not evil or vicious. He's actually very friendly, and so they try to hide him and protect him from the authorities that are coming after him and a hunter that's trying to catch him. And they eventually set him free in Mount Rainier. Get, get out of here! We don't want you anymore. That's one of my favorite scenes ever in any movie. Jack, be honest. Get out of here! Is this movie on this podcast just because of that one scene? Um, no. It it is Alf. This is just Alf. This is a knee jerk reaction to the TV show Alf. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that alone makes it there. I also know that nostalgia's fun, Bigfoot's fun, and I thought people would want to hear about Harry and the Hendersons. It, it's also very derivative of ET. Like ET yeah. basically has the same. You can't plot. really do that this style of movie without without thinking of ET. Yeah. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, especially since it's from Amblin, but like, I mean it. In the same way that, like, oh, you know, we found this alien and no one's going to believe us and we have to protect him because the authorities are going to come and take him away from us. It's like, wow, that's the exact same plot as this movie. Yeah. So. Well, there's another movie 
that has similar plot that's also about an alien, but it's a uh, <laughs> much more maligned. Very, very, very small alien. All right. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, who, who loves Big Macs? Mac and me. Um, but here we go. Guess, guess what? Guess what? Let's talk about this movie. Um, John Lithgow, George Henderson, and his family. Okay, George Henderson's family, the Hendersons, if you will. Uh, they have they drive a big uh, uh, station wagon, just like just like uh, National Lampoon's family. Yeah, you know, they remind just me like a lot the Griswolds. Christmas vacation, just yeah. like the Griswolds. It's, and except instead of towing a huge Christmas tree on top of their car, they're big, towing a Bigfoot, Harry, <laughs> the kid in this movie. What did you think of him? Very polarizing actor and character i think oh my gosh um there were moments where he was really cute like incredibly cute there were there were other (laughs) moments where i was just like dude like we we need to stop this kid from (laughs) being on screen there's a uh you know during a time of kid actors you have like the goonies around the same time right you have uh movies like that with kid actors right this kid is like he cusses He's ta- he keeps talking One about... One of his first lines is the ass word. Talks, talking yeah. about, he keeps talking about blowing things up. Like, let's just, let's blow something up, Dad! Ah! Yeah. It's like, what's happening, kid? He's very violent. Like, loves violence. And, and like, the very first scene you see him, like, he's just shot, a, you know, a rabbit, whatever. But, like, his first line after that is like, yeah, first blood. And I'm just like, how old are you, kid? Weird. <laughs> he's got his little, po- like, his Coke bottle glasses on. And he's got his own gun there. He didn't. His dad said he didn't bring his gun. I didn't bring my gun, son. Stop, stop messing with that gun back there. The daughter is very much uh, the same as uh, the the daughter from Alf. Yeah. By the way, she has one good scene in this movie, and otherwise, she is completely she bad. She's a really bad actress. She's bad. Yeah. Um. And then they're out. They're out. They went on a camping trip. Uh, they're driving down the road. They they went out there. They live out in beautiful country out there. Have you ever been to Washington or Oregon? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, Lots it's just, of trees. Yeah, and so there's a lot of places for a Sasquatch to get lost out there, mm-hmm. to to be hidden out there. That's why, folks, I've, sometimes I, I believe, sometimes I think there's a shot that maybe, just maybe, that missing link is out there. Well, the Hendersons stumble upon this missing link. And as they're driving their car, <laughs> the sun comes peeking through the trees. And George Henderson puts his hand up. <laughs> and if you, I hit pause on the movie the moment right before he hit him. Uh-huh. And he is like, Bigfoot's just like standing in the road. Yeah. Just like, chilling. why would this animal <laughs> stand in the road and look at this car coming at him? Huh? Huh? He had to stand there for like, I don't know, five seconds waiting for him to hit him. <laughs> He's anything but elusive, yeah, which is like the whole reason, the whole thing, the whole thing about Bigfoot, <laughs> the whole thing. Anyway. Yeah, he made himself an easy target. By the way, the the station wagon hits him at full speed, and this thing is a monster. I mean, it is eight feet tall. It's got to be yeah. the human inside of it is seven three. Yeah, it's a think huge. about that. The human inside of it is seven three. He, I mean, a deer would have totaled this guy's car, but this thing is eight feet tall, and it literally just bounces off his vehicle. It's Unreal. built like a tank, man. Um, he, uh, or like a Sasquatch, he <laughs> is hit by this car and he, they, they go up to him and do the old stick poke right. and he rolls his hand over and oh, it's a hand. It looks like a human hand, but sort of, 
And then uh, they decide we're going to use this tree uh, to pull up Bigfoot over the top uh, onto the onto the car because we're going to take this Bigfoot home. Initially, the wife says, "Let's call the authorities." Mister Henderson says, "No, let's take them. Let's take him to a museum or take him to a game a game warden or, or someone who would know what we're looking at here." And so uh, they load him up on top of the car. They're driving down the highway, and he wakes up. And then he slams on the brakes, and, he, and uh, <laughs> Bigfoot flies. Hinder, Harry flies through the air in front of him, and you got to think, oh, he's dead now officially. Well, because he he hits him again. Yeah, he does. And he lands and hits him, and then uh, check it out. Uh, they load him up again. They take him home. And then he awakens in their house. <laughs> he's unkillable. He is unkillable. Uh, there's this hunter, this mysterious hunter. I thought of the deadliest game. You do you ever read that mm-hmm. short story in English class? A human. It's a hunter named Rainsford, and he brings people to his island and he hunts them. I thought of the Rains. I thought of Rainsford when I saw this hunter. Mm-hmm. He's very. Uh, I'm tracking. I'm pulling this hair. Uh, he he takes the hair later in the movie to a Bigfoot specialist allegedly that has a, <laughs> a you know basically mystery shack kind of museum kind of scenario at you know out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like from Gravity Falls. I don't know if anyone's ever watched that TV show, but uh, that's what it made me think of. Uh, my son loves that show. Anyway, he's certifiable. Like he he constantly walks around neighborhoods, like sniffing tree branches and like yes. pulling off them off of tre- uh, trees and stuff like that, and just smelling everything he can. He reminded me. If you're familiar with the Marvel universe, he reminded me of Craven a little bit. Craven, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Um, but but if Craven had like a ridiculous French accent, like an over the top stereotypical French accent. Um, What's that? Very good. I was just looking at the live chat there. Oh. Um, I think, I think that uh, they get him home and the big, the big payoff for this movie almost, I think the big payoff for the movie in general uh, for people and for these people that created this movie was him destroying their house. Yeah, that's certainly what would have been in all the commercials and trailers, right? Like was showing oh, that kind yeah. of stuff, and I I think that the real clincher for uh, George Henderson was when uh, Bigfoot crushed that beam. He hit his head on the on the beam, the overhead uh, the uh, door door stop door yeah. jam, and he uh, hit his head, and he just takes it. He's so strong, he just takes it and pushes it up farther up into the ceiling <laughs> into their beautiful home. He also wrecks the stairs down to the basement. Yeah, yeah, he destroys half the house. At one point, they're trying to get him to sit. Like he's a dog. Oh like they're gosh. teaching him to sit, and he just like and he loves it. Yeah, he ends up like crushing a couple of their furniture, like their couch. At one point towards the end of the movie, he actually falls through the floor, like into the basement, lands on the pool table. Jeez. So um, they're basically trying to hide him, and then they're trying to figure out what do we do with him. We can hold on to him, leave him in the basement, uh, and a neighbor lady brings their dog back over. Their dog kind of bonds with Bigfoot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, at first you think Bigfoot's going to eat, or Harry's going to eat him. I thought that was kind of funny. Well, at first, at first you think Harry's going to eat all the humans, like they're they're fleeing for their lives and stuff like that at the yeah. beginning. Um, but then they realize pretty quickly that he's a vegetarian. Well, he is a, uh, and he's a soft-hearted. Animal. He's a softy. He has these almond-shaped eyes. He has a very, <laughs> he has a very loving face to him when he smiles, and. No one wants to hurt Harry after they realize that. 
there's a point where he after he destroys the whole house, George Henderson climbs a ladder outside of the house and peers in and has uh, his deer rifle ready to shoot Harry, has him in his sights with with a sight literally on his forehead. And he realizes, crosshair is on his forehead, and he realizes, I can't shoot him, because Harry looks at him with those sad puppy dog eyes. Mm-hmm. He's he's better than this. We can't do this. We can't be uh, so bad to him that we kill him. So then I guess he assumes that he's just going to lure him into his car with fast food. He buys a bunch of fries. He buys some uh, hamburgers. He buys a milkshake, too, which I thought was really funny. They threw a milkshake. Mmm, chocolate milkshake, huh? <laughs> and throws the cup in the back seat. Harry hops in the car. He sits up, and the the overhead, uh, the, the headliner of the car, dents up. Mm-hmm. Huge head head thing for Harry. Oh, we kind of skipped over there. Uh, at one point, he's in the basement. They hide Harry in the basement when the neighbor comes over. Yeah, and he starts like pushing up on the what oh, is for him the, the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. So like for him, it's the floor, the tile, uh, kitchen floor. And he's like, uh, as George is talking to the neighbor, he's just like being raised up like six inches yes. up and down over and over again. So I thought that was kind of kind of cute. Yeah, and then they um, he does load him up and take him out in the wilderness, right? Does he at that point? I can't remember. Um, I, I remember that he basically, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, he because he, at one point, Harry is actually like looking over the at the freeway. <laughs> like he's looking over the freeway, over the mountains, across the freeway and kind of longing to go back home. He well, And he the thing is, is he's, uh, the my favorite scene of the whole movie occurs at this point. Whenever he takes him out into the woods to yell at him. Uh, to get him out of the car. You're talking about at the very end of the movie. That's the very end. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so he 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 ends up coming back to Seattle though, right? Yeah. So he um, I mean, he basically gets lost in Seattle for a while. Like he's, you know, not intentionally. Obviously, he's a very um, you know, docile creature. But he's like kind of harassing people's houses. Like he's just looking for food or um, being curious and stuff like that. But he, a lot of people are obviously scared of this monstrosity. And so um, he ends up like, at one point there's a like a really key scene where he ends up um, scaring a bike rider and the bike rider, it, like it gets interviewed by the local news. They're interviewing him and, and sticking cameras in his face and asking him. And he's like making up this big story about how, you know, the, the Sasquatch just appeared out of nowhere and tried to attack him and kill him, whatever. And then uh, George actually shows up and he's like, that's a lie, isn't it? Tell him it's a lie, whatever. He's he like, wouldn't do that. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and then uh, the bike rider's like, Okay, it's a lie. And uh-huh. then they turn all their their <laughs> their uh, microphones to to George, and they're like, "How did you know that? How did you know he was lying?" And uh, then he like he's like, "Oh, I don't know." And then runs away. And then that video of George on the TV ends up being played at, like a, at a local um, television shop, like a electronics yeah, store yeah, in the, on the square. In the, yeah. yeah, and uh, that's how George, or how Harry sees that George is, is there and uh, makes him want to try to go back and find, get get reunited with, with George. Uh, George's dad runs a uh, gun shop or like a sporting goods store. Yeah, yeah ammunition and guns. And uh, he makes a poster. Um, he wants him to make a poster uh, to about how violent the Sasquatch is and they're on the loose. And you have a lot of people that go to the streets hunting Bigfoot. Uh, it kind of makes a little bit of a, a kind of crazy Bigfoot, uh, I don't know, Bigfoot mania kind of mm-hmm. going on. Uh, LaFleur is the hunter's name, by the way. Yeah. 
And he uh, basically ends up getting arrested because they're all wandering around with these guns (laughs) trying to hunt Bigfoot. Um, They, uh, George spends a lot of the movie then trying to write the name of Harry. Trying to make, trying to make Harry not seem so uh, bad and ends up trying to find Harry basically. Yeah. He's, he's on the search for him for a while, mostly to protect him because he hears about LaFleur um, and sees him on the news. I think the local news and um, he realizes he made a mistake by letting him go that he should have actually been there to protect him. And so most of the movie, about uh, probably a good 45 minutes of the movie, it's just him like just finding out what he can, uh, hearing from other hunters and stuff like that, or other sightings, and trying to track down his whereabouts so that he can get him back and get him to come back to the house. His whole big thing is like, well, Harry can live with us. We'll, we'll make it work, you know. We'll make it work. <laughs> it didn't work the first time. But we'll, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll be right back. And uh, we'll finish off talking about Harry and the Hendersons. Welcome back to the Horrible Movie Podcast. My name is Jack, and today we're talking about Harry and the Hendersons. We have producer Phil in the house. Uh, We've already led up to this point. Uh, Harry has caused a real stir in Seattle. He's the, uh, you know, he's the Frasier crane of Bigfoot. He's just causing a stir everywhere he goes. (laughs) The hilarity ensues. I'm listening. I'm listening. Um, but I tell you right now, Harry um, is being tracked down. Like you said, uh, Phil, before we went to the last break, uh, George Henderson has basically been like, "Harry, come home. We're gonna let you live with us. It's gonna be fine. We'll put you through college. <laughs> we'll find you a job. Uh, we'll we'll do something to keep you off the streets." Um, Lafleur, the hunter, and uh, also Doctor uh, Wrightwood. Yeah, we kind of skipped over him. In yeah. the middle of the movie, um, George is kind of beside himself. like He doesn't really know what to do. And so he finds this crackpot. I mean, like nobody believes this guy. He basically runs a gas station that happens to deal in like Has, Bigfoot yeah, sightings Bigfoot and stuff. Bigfoot lore and stuff, yeah. yeah. And so he goes to him, and, you know, because he's the only expert on Bigfoot. And um, it says, you know, hey, you know, I guess, doctor, you're out or whatever. So he leaves his his note hey call me if you if you want to talk about bigfoot I, i've got some information for you uh turn, a pamphlet yeah yeah i'm just joking and uh yeah and uh so like later on much later i mean towards the end of the movie he basically invites him over to um the house and you know surprises him with hey we, you know we found harry and here he is and they end up becoming you know fast friends cuz he's he's literally spent his entire life trying to find bigfoot yes. so he is the jane goodall of Bigfoot yeah. uh, scientists, Effort, Jane Goodall would would hang out with uh, uh, apes. Uh, this guy, Doctor Wrightwood, will hang out with any Bigfoot. Uh, call the Bigfoot uh, hotline one eight hundred Bigfoot if you want to talk to Doctor Wrightwood. That's right. That may not be a real phone number. You, you it may be. You basically, besides Harry, you basically got three characters that you need to know about it all. It's George, it's Lafleur, and then this Doctor Wrightgood. Um, so. And the floor though has a change of heart eventually, and ends up trying to uh, help uh, Harry live. He has a shot at the end to kill him. At right? the very end, yeah, at the very end of the movie. Um, and uh, basically, Wrightwood and the Hendersons end up trying to protect Harry, and then at the end, we are uh, treated to Lafleur changing his mind. He softens on Harry. And Harry uh, brings him in for a hug at the end. Gives him a big hug at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's really about it on the movie. Yeah, the the very end, uh, you know, the big iconic scene that a lot of people know is him, you know, saying, you know, goodbye, you know, get out of here, we don't need you, <laughs> whatever, at the very end. And then uh, the surprise ending is that as Harry goes off into the forest, um, other Sasquatches also come out of the forest, and you find out that he's not the only one that's out there. So there's actually, like, two other adults, I think, that join him, and then a baby, um, Bigfoot also joins them, too. So there's, like, a, a whole family of Harrys out there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> one thing I forgot about Lafleur throws their dog at one point too. Yeah, which is really silly. <laughs> and uh, I will, I do. Lafleur is like you can tell this definitely. This movie was definitely geared towards kids because Lafleur, even though he's the bad guy, is still really silly throughout the movie. And so, like you obviously you know he's the bad guy and that he wants to kill Harry. That's like the serious part of him. But he's all there's also like this not you can't take him seriously at all kind of side of him too. So, um. Harry uh, ends up Lafleur. He ends up capturing Lafleur, like grabbing hold of him, and could just completely take him away. Eventually, it lets him go, and then that uh, a show of affection is actually what turns Lafleur to the uh, Harry side. I do want to reenact because I I do I do believe myself to be one of the better actors around, uh, and I'm very <laughs> I view myself as an undiscovered uh, prospect as far as acting goes, Phil. <laughs> Uh, and I've had a lot of, many people have told me, my, my, my mom has said that I'm one of the best actors, uh, ever. The, and now, granted, you know, she may be biased, but, uh, <laughs> now Amanda, my <laughs> wife, uh, she thinks I'm one of the crappiest actors of all time. Wow. But I'm gonna let you be the judge. Okay. I'm gonna be, uh, this is a role, this is me, uh, trying out for the role in a new revamped version of Harry and the Hendersons. I'm going to do uh, the uh, iconic scene where I'm trying to get Harry to go away for his own safety. And so in this scene, Phil, I'm trying to emote the emotions that come with forcing a Bigfoot to get away from us. Get away from here. But I've got to convey to him, this is for your own good. I don't really hate you, wink, wink, but I've got to get you out of here. Are you ready? Okay. I do need one setup. I want you to do the hair, the hairy sound. Do okay. this. That'll set up the scene. Oh, at the very beginning. Just start us up. Okay. <laughs> that close. Uh, uh, cut. Let's try it one more time. Okay. Again. Deeper, like deeper voice. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta set this up. Get out of here! Get, get out of here! We don't, we don't love you anymore. We don't want you around here anymore. Get out of here! That was me throwing a rock at you. Get out of here! <laughs> and this is me hitting you. Yeah, he hits him in the face. Get out of here! <laughs> but I love you. I love you. <laughs> and scene. Pretty good. I think I'm the best. John Lithgow, eat your heart out. Eat your heart out. Or soup. He has a soup commercial <laughs> for Campbell's at one point. Anyway. Um, um, by, by the way, speaking of his voice, do you remember Harry's laugh? In this movie, yeah, laugh. it's really it. stupid. Do it. I so I'll I'll play it. The unfortunately, live chat's not gonna be able to hear it, but um, I'll, I'll play it for us. And live chat, it. you can listen to it I'll on the regular episode. I'll put it in post. Um, but this is him laughing. It, so like his his actual growly voice is actually like really scary, at the, especially at the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie when he's yelling at them, um, and like becoming like this ferocious beast. But then this is him laughing at a TV show, and it's really stupid. That's not a human. That's that's Harry. 
You know what movie he's laughing at? You know what show? You know you know what he's laughing at there? Does that sound like the same? It doesn't. Beast. <laughs> it doesn't. But you know who was on that screen there? No. Ronald Reagan. That was Ronald Reagan. Oh. And that's bedtime for Bonzo. That's gotcha. what he's laughing for, laughing about. Gotcha. Uh, a great movie. A uh, former president, folks. But before that, he was a actor, and he starred with a monkey in a movie called Bonzo. Bedtime for Bonzo. There you go. How about that? Yeah. Um, anyone can become president. Even an actor that starts with a monkey can become president. Think about it. Even a real estate mogul. Well, yeah. America. Uh, well, very America. good. America. What's going on in the live chat? Anything special? Um, just they want to know if uh, Amazon comes into play. At I, all? There's no Amazon talking this. It is Seattle. Seattle. There's no Starbucks talking this. This is pre-internet, folks. Pre-internet and pre, um, you know, Starbucks even. That says a lot. Uh, but yeah, there is rain there. It's not pre-rain because I feel like Seattle's probably had rain forever. So this may have become obvious by now, but um, I, I actually don't really hate this movie that much. Well, like I, I think it, there's some I, really stupid parts. Like anytime that the the, the son is in the scene, it's either going to be hit or miss. Uh, you know, some of the sound effects, most of the foley work and stuff like that is really good. Um, like them, like the, the little sounds that Harry makes of them crunching in the snow or whatever. Like it sounds pretty good. But like, why did they go with that laugh for Harry? It's really, really stupid. Um, Silly. And then uh, some other weird things. but um, And then just like stuff that doesn't make sense. Like if you killed Jack, you and your family are on a vacation in Seattle, yeah. the Seattle area, you're yeah. going camping, and you hit an eight-foot thing that basically looks like an oversized gorilla. Oh, yeah. Or like a grizzly would, grizzly bear or whatever. Yeah. Um, would you pick? Would you try to lift that 400-pound animal and hoist it up to the top of your car and drive it out of there the problem is this now you'd have a cell phone and probably maybe have some it's sort called of ranger services you would yeah, yeah you'd be like look I've, we've hit this thing here's a picture of it right and this would all be taken care of yeah in this movie this is pre-cell phone this is pre-smartphone this is pre-instant uh, world that we live in now mm-hmm. and not only that are you gonna leave one of your kids behind with this thing when you drive out to go get the park ranger I mean, I would just leave it on the side of the road. And just be like, we've hit this thing, it's gone. It'll be gone, though. No one will believe you. The insurance won't even believe you, Phil. <laughs> You're going to try to convince the insurance company that you hit a Bigfoot? Good luck. Here's another one for you. You I- don't think about these consequences <laughs> of your actions, do you? You just hit a Sasquatch. At one point, uh, George Henderson calls 911. You can actually see him dial the numbers 911 on the on the, his little phone. Yes. Um, and he, he goes not to dispatch. This is Seattle, by the way. This is not a small town. Um, and he gets straight to the desk of the sar- or the sergeant in charge. Like, yeah. it, like, it just rings his, like, desk phone. He's like, this is Sergeant May- Mayfield. How can I help you? Well, <laughs> like, but don't you is think, Is that what though, happens when you call 911? In Seattle, apparently. <laughs> don't you think people that are in Hollywood or that are in New York or wherever, you know, the, that, that mindset, they're like, oh, <laughs> Seattle's such a bunch of rubes out there. Look at a small town out there. Yeah, I think he answers when he's like, downtown precinct. <laughs> <laughs> I just called 911. This yeah. is an emergency. I need someone, someone to help me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They're, it's going straight to the mayor's office. Um, Another, are we in the goods and bads already? Let's do it. Okay. Goods and bads. I guess those are a few of my bads. Um, I think it, another bad is, I think it gets a little preachy at times like it's it starts out silly and funny and kind of kid friendly and stuff like that and then the back hour of it is like 
like pro vegetarian, pro we don't kill animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's very like if you were we don't talk politics here, but if you're on like a political scale, scale it'd be very leftist. Yeah, um, it's topics that are to- topics that they that 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 they feel are important. Yeah. Yeah. Protect the animals, protect the wildlife, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not saying like we should go out and just kill everything, but, um, I am, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it is definitely over the top at, at times where like, where this is a family, they'll, they'll allegedly like, a family movie. Yeah. And they mention it like every 10 minutes. So it's just like, like at some point I was like, okay, I get it. Like you're, be- you're beating you over the head. <laughs> yeah. With it. Like when we, you were a kid and watched it, you didn't think of that. No, but even though another thing about this, uh, the uh, language. There is some language yeah, in this movie. It's really strange. That is pretty. Over, I mean, it's not over the top, but it is kind of its hardcore language. There, there's four s bombs in the in the yeah. movie. Um, this movie came out in 1987, so uh, kind of right at the Indiana Jones and yeah. You know, what you say? And all that. Kids that are under 12. The uh, that's the audience for this movie. I would think so. So what? It's, why would it, that? That's one of my, my biggest beasts with the movie is like, who is this movie for? Because, I mean, clearly you watch the commercials and the trailers and you see this bumbling, silly but lovable creature like destroying a house and stuff like that. And you're like, mom, I got to see that movie. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, and and then you go to the movie and it's like, there's like D S. There's no f bombs, but like basically every other cuss word is in this movie. Yeah, and it's really bizarre. Like especially by today's standards, I I have to assume it was rated PG back then. But before there was a PG thirteen, it absolutely would be PG thirteen now. Or like we said, we were talking earlier at lunch that like they would just strike those words from the script. Right, and and, and they would make it less cussy. But it's interesting. I mean, I thought about watching this movie with my two-year-old, and I'm glad I didn't, yeah. just because of those the language. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is, like, people say that a lot. We'll talk about movies, and they'll be like, "Oh, wow, I can't believe that that movie that a, there'll be a PG movie, and the PG movie from the '80s will say some things, and you're like, what? Yeah. Like, and they they would be almost PG-13 language now, and even this movie at times had some language like a kid in the beginning is just like, "Blam! I'll kill you! Blam! Blam! <laughs> boom! Boom! Boom!" explode you it's like <laughs> what are you talking about kid and then he'll cuss yeah the the very first cuss word in the movie is from the what nine-year-old ten-year-old yeah. however old he is and uh like the the father doesn't even reprimand him he's just like i was looking for the words i was looking for I the right words <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know if it's partial um griswold's partial you know like, like yeah. that idea it's, it's got that in it but we make it just enough just enough family movie to get you to bring your kids, and then you'll have to cover their ears for that one moment. There's that scene in the Christmas story to, to pull up another movie where the mom is in it, but um, where they pull over to fix the flat tire, and um, he ends up like uh, knocking a bolt into the road, or I can't remember what something goes wrong, whatever, and he goes, "Oh fudge!" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And he's like, "But I didn't say fudge." Whatever. <laughs> the, but this this movie is like that with that scene where they pull over the car and they're like, "Oh, we killed something," whatever. But they don't bleep it out like. It, literally just he just says the words um the the bleep words that are bleeped out in that movie so it's really bizarre like in, in the same way that a christmas story is for kids like kids would enjoy it i think adults enjoy that movie too but um this movie is clearly geared towards kids but it's not kid friendly uh in a lot of places so well, super weird very weird actually but but um so that's the the goods what do you think what are the, the goods are the bads yeah what, yeah what are the goods um i think um 
I was really impressed with the puppetry involved in his face, like the facial animations and stuff like that of his face. Is this better than the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in yes. 1990? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. No, it's good. Which is three years after this. And I don't know I don't know if it's also Jim Henson, like the Turtles ones, or if it's a different studio that did it, but um, kudos to them, man. And like, they definitely... Uh, deserve the academy award for makeup and that kind of stuff like i i honestly even in 2019 like i don't know how they pulled off some of that stuff in yeah. the 1980s they did that so like i, I was really impressed with how good it looked um, so he looks real yeah and he is uh, and there's no cgi because this is like a pre pre-cgi yeah, kind of world exactly. um i think that uh you pair that with the the backdrop of the pacific northwest which is beautiful yeah it wasn't done on a green screen which i liked um, or or done on a back lot somewhere, um, and uh, I feel like that was a definite definite pro. Uh, the um, I mean, look look at this. I, I'm I'm looking at it as kind of a uh, you know a silent uh, part of the the film with Jack. But look, look at like look at the expression on his face and like yeah, it looks logistic. It, it looks, looks real. real. Like it, it looks really real. Uh, folks, if you want to treat, uh, watch. Go to. Um, Go to YouTube and you just type in uh, like an up close look at Harry and Henderson's uh, suit, basically, and you can see a whole video that breaks down how the animatronics work. There's a uh, there's a video, or not a video board, but a control board that another person controlled the facial really? features right here. Wow! And then uh, and then the uh, actors inside of it just having to guess use the hand hand emotes and that sort of thing. But anyway. Yeah, Very it's good. it's. I mean, that's definitely one of the biggest goods from the movie is how real it looks um, as as he's moving around. His eye animations, you know, nose, mouth, um, ears, like everything is like is firing on all cylinders. So it looks really good. It was a, a big a, a good thing. Too. Um, I already mentioned kind of the sound design, like like listening to it like with a good pair of headphones with some bass and stuff like that at home. Like it sounded good, and like he sounds legitimately intimidating at points. Um, like especially earlier in the film when you don't know if he's gonna be nice or, or mean, but like um, I don't know, just like audio wise, the movie was just spot on, like really solid. Okay, so very cool. Yeah. Um. Well, let's do this, Phil. What have you been into lately? Um. I mean, I'll just mention real quickly that um, I've been I actually have been following up on what I said I would do and, and re- reading those outrage comics. Uh-huh, from- Fabian, Fabian Dicieza, uh, guest that we had on several weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. One of Great our episode. best, one of our best episodes it we've is. ever done. It really is. Um, but um, his outrage comment is legitimately good, and I, I'm not like I didn't get paid to say that. I'm not even getting paid to read it and review that. Like I'm just telling you, go find those comics. They're free. They're on Webtoons.com. Uh, really, really good story. Uh, Hydra Kids. Um, it's definitely Hydra Kids. <laughs> definitely, a, 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 you know, adult. Um, you know, content, but, um, it is really, really solid storytelling. I'm really enjoying, um, just the character and the, um, the uniqueness of it. Like the story is not a typical story that you would read in, in anything that Marvel or DC is doing. So really good. Very cool. Well, um, I'll tell you this one, radio folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you uh, soon radio folks. Uh, remember, just because from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. I'm going to leave you everybody else with this. Um, one, my what I've been into lately. I watched. Uh, finally, got to watch Spider-Man into the Spider Enter the Spider Verse. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I still oh, haven't seen gosh, it. Oh my gosh, Phil! And you know how I feel about Miles Morales. This is Morales. so good. Yeah. Uh, my son Miller loved it. Thought it was awesome. Uh, it's it's hey, it's so so stinking good. You got to watch it. 
Uh, we're going to leave you with this, folks. Uh, the uh, I had uh, commented out a couple times about I'm wanting some people to call in with some uh, Bigfoot sightings. And I had one uh, great guy call in. Uh, it's Mr. Clevenger, and he's going to. Uh, I'm going to play the audio from that, and so uh, we'll leave you with that, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember, uh, reach for the stars, follow your dreams, hugs, not drugs, and uh, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. And Bigfoot, is it real? We'll let you decide. Thanks. In live chat, we'll see you soon. Reach for the stars. I already said that. Bye bye. It's a good ending. It's a good ending. Uh, live, live chat. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, um, Sydney, David, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Yeah. So uh, we didn't rate this on a scale of one to five, but I, I would have. I don't. I have a hard time rating it. I would rate it. We've I, done honestly, two I, now, and we've done two in a row, folks. I really, I, I kind of like this movie. Well, like, I, I would probably would have given it a zero. So. Um, no, David, I am not tired of Zots. I, I took my David. I took my five pound bag. <laughs> Of, of like what what was it 425 zots or whatever so many um home to my wife and my wife goes in a good way hear me she goes what is that what <laughs> what are you holding well, my right plan now? my plan now for because remember folks we've got a uh, live panel coming up at planet comic con yes I'm, I, I hope you're okay with this david because i think i'm going Dude, to i so wish zots would just sponsor i'm going to hand out some zots uh at the comic con because i think people need to Need to have have this experience. Yeah, Missourians have no idea what they're missing. My my, what I need to try is I need to try to drink a uh, diet coke with Azots and see what happens oh my God. In, inside my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that could kill you. That might. Um, no, I I'm still really enjoying Zots. Um, I take take a few to work with me and just enjoy that. Take a couple Zots and call me in the morning. <laughs> No, so, yeah, Man, thank, you. Awesome. thank you, again, David. I will film it, David. I will film something of handing out zots. Uh, I'd like to film. I want to be able to do video for the whole panel. That we've never done that at a panel. Oh, a video to have video of the panel. Okay, that's going to be a whole other thing, and it may take. It's, may ever, it's almost certainly going to be on someone's phone. <laughs> but if I can find the right kind of stand for the phone, or yeah. even you know, that may just work. Right, and I may be able to get. I have a new pen thing that has a, a thing. I may as well hold up the phone. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And just video the panel from a weird angle, like across. On the table. Like on the table and across and get everybody. Yeah, that'd be cool. And go that route. That would be fun. And video it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, video coming soon to Studio DNA in general, uh, including uh, H&P, but probably not until... It's going to be mid-May for Sip-Pop and probably late-May for yeah. H&P. So. But you guys did a dry run with it. It, it went great, man. Like It, it looked really good. Yeah. So, and the software is really easy to use on like on my side of things. So, um, yeah, I'm sure David and, and maybe Sydney have already seen that video. It's on YouTube. Well, guys, thanks for tuning in and listening. I'm sorry it was kind of short notice on a on a show today. Uh, I I trying to I was trying to track a guy down to come on and then it just didn't work out. Uh, and then uh, Phil, I talked to yesterday. I was like, hey, let's do Harry and the Hendersons and. I mean, I wanted to do this movie, and not because necessarily it's the worst thing you've ever seen, but just because of the nostalgia part of it and everything else. So, all right, guys, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much. You the best. And uh, over and out. Let us know anything we can do for you. Later. Hi there. My name is Phil Hall, and I am the author of the new book, The Weirdest Movie Ever Made, the Patterson Gimlin film. 
published by Bear Manor Media, and this book is all about that strange little 59 seconds of grainy, shaky footage that supposedly shows Bigfoot walking through the woods in California. If you love Bigfoot and want to know the story behind how he got on to film, check out the weirdest movie ever made, the Patterson Gimlin Bigfoot film, by yours truly, Phil Hall, now available from Bear Manor Media. Thanks so much, Horrible Movie Podcast. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorribomoviepodcast.com.